Good morning, Calvary Church. Yes, clap, clap, clap. This is the day the Lord has made, and we're to rejoice and be glad in it. It's baptism day today, and I don't know how you slept last night, but I was a little restless and giddy this morning when I woke up because I get so excited about watching believers come and tell their story of faith, their testimonies, and just celebrate. Celebrate the Lord, celebrate what he's doing. Uh, And so we get to do that together. So please, as they share their story and as they go into the water and come out of the water, celebrate, cheer, hoot, and holler. Uh, I told them to splash water on you, but no one's done that yet. So maybe you get wet too. Um, But the Lord is here. He's here in this place. And so we praise him for it. We thank him for it. And we're excited to hear these five individuals tell their stories of faith. And first, we have Melody Velzen here to share her story. My name is Melody Velson, and I am nine years old. I hope my testimony will help others to believe in and follow Jesus. When I was five years old, I went to City Fest, and I heard Andrew Palau share the gospel. At the end, he told everyone who wanted to say yes to raise their hand. My hand shot up in the air. My mom wasn't sure I understood the good news. I explained to her that I had a dark heart and that I that I wanted Jesus to give me a new one. I can't remember exactly what I prayed with my mom, but it was something like this. God, I'm sorry I sinned against you. Will you forgive me? Thank you for helping me believe in you. Thank you for dying on the cross and raising again on the third day. Thank you for giving me a new heart. Afterwards, we celebrated with a Toby Mac concert. Now I know I have the Holy Spirit. I love to read the Bible. A few weeks ago, I felt afraid. I remembered a prayer my grandma taught me to pray when I feel Satan is attacking me. After I prayed, God instantly gave me peace. The first year I came to know Jesus, I shared the gospel with three people. I know God was asking me to get baptized because whenever someone talks about Jesus in church, I can't be still. It, feel, it feels like the Holy Spirit is jumping around in me. One of my favorite verses is John 14:6, which says, Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except for me. Melody, have you placed your faith and trust in Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins? Yes. Do you renounce Satan, this world, and your only evil desires and commit to follow Christ and Christ alone? Yes. Because of your testimony of faith, my sister, it's my privilege to baptize you. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, buried with him in the likeness of his death, raised to new life in him. Next, we have Jim Hoffman to share his story. Uh, You know, I've been going to Calvary an awful long time. I was a small child. Uh, I accepted the Lord when I was about uh, seven or eight years old. My mother was a nurse, and she volunteered at, uh, you know, one of the local uh, Christian camps. 
and one of the faithful, faithful counselors uh, led me in the prayer of faith, which was a wonderful thing. I, you know, I, I kind of like a, a, a list, and so I'm going to give you a list of why I'm being baptized now. I'm, I'm old, you know, why? Okay. <laughs> so uh, it's, uh, you know, one of the reasons is it's, uh, well, it's been way too long for one thing, but, you know, originally Calvary was founded by a guy by the name of M.R. Behan. You guys, maybe, maybe all of you know him, right? No? Some of you. <laughs> M.R. Uh, founded it in 1929. One of the reasons that he founded Calvary Church was he, he was in, the, in another uh, group of congregation, I think it was a Reformed Church. He didn't really go for the sprinkling. He felt that believer baptism was, uh, was so. Calvary has, you know, been a long time uh, church that believes in baptism. Why I never did, I, who knows. Uh, anyway, the encouragement today is that my daughter and granddaughter are being baptized as well. And uh, so that, that kind of helps the, uh, the deal. The other thing is that Jim uh, Samra preached a sermon back in September, October, last fall, about baptism, and I was really convicted. And uh, maybe some of you were too if you haven't been baptized. And that's, that's another reason why I'm here, to encourage those older believers that have never been baptized that this might be a good time. So, um, you know, and I've, the last thing, the last thing on the list is uh, Jesus was baptized. I guess if it's good enough for him, it's got to be good enough for me, right? <laughs> Jim, have you placed your faith and trust in Jesus Christ for forgiveness of your sins? Yes. You renounce Satan, this world, and your own evil desires and commit to follow Christ and Christ alone? Yes. Because of your testimony of faith, my brother, it's my privilege to baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Buried with him in likeness of his death. I'm wet. Yep, I'm wet. <laughs> Jim's daughter, Amy Vogel, is here to hear her story. Good morning. I accepted Jesus at the age of eight. I knew something had changed. I'm sorry, at the age of four. <laughs> I knew that something had changed inside me because I started feeling guilty about fighting with my sister, and I remember asking her to forgive me. Yes, that was you, Jill. <laughs> I, I was raised in a Christian family, and we attended Calvary Church. Our family was there for Sunday school, church, Sunday evening service, children's choir, and Wednesday nights. I followed Jesus and always wanted to do the right thing. I was married for 18 years. We had been called into a Christian ministry and served both the mentally ill homeless and as well as at-risk youth. I absolutely loved what I was called to do. However, at a high point in my life, everything I knew collapsed right in front of me due to infidelity. I could no longer serve in the capacity I had been. I was shaken to my core. I became very angry and found that people I thought would be there for me weren't. Yet God was faithful to me and sent me new friends to get me back on my feet. However, I had a hard time going back to church for nearly 10 years. I was absent, 
God began to work on my heart, and due to lots of prayers and giving my anger over to God, I've been back to Calvary for one and a half years. One of my favorite verses is Psalms 40, one through three. I waited patiently for the Lord. He turned to me and heard my cry. He lifted me out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and mire. He set my feet on a rock and gave me a firm place to stand. He put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see and fear the Lord and put their trust in him. And I want to be baptized today to testify that I will follow God no matter the cost and share him with others. Amy, have you placed your faith and trust in Jesus Christ and the forgiveness of your sins? Yes, I have. And do you renounce Satan, this world, and your own evil desires and commit to follow Christ and Christ alone? I do. Because of your testimony of faith, it's my privilege to baptize you. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, buried with him in the likeness of his death, raised to new life in him. Now we have Jim's granddaughter and Amy's daughter, Leah, here to give her story. Leah Vogel. Hi, I'm Leah Vogel. I grew up in a Christian home and even attended a private Christian school through my preschool to eighth grade years. So I always knew who Jesus was, but I never really knew him personally. He was an acquaintance, but never a close friend of mine. This long-held low position of him in my life, though, all changed during my freshman year of high school when I first got sick. What me and my doctor thought to be just several recurring sinus infections actually turned out to be a rarely diagnosed chronic autoimmune disease. And the beautiful thing about it all is that God showed up and provided for me in those dark times, even before I ever began to seek him out. So after I had received the definite diagnosis, I was connected with a doctor based up north in Cadillac who actually specializes and is deeply knowledgeable about how to treat my disease. And the clarity of God's hand in this is especially clear when you look at the current statistics. At this time right now, there are less than 10 of these specific kind of specialists in the United States as a whole. And there just happens to be one located in a small office up in Michigan. So to think about it all now, I notice that God has been orchestrating my healing since the very beginning of it all. But let's be real. The blessing of a quick diagnosis and an excellent physician didn't all help much to mitigate the harsh reality of actually having to live with this illness, having to live with the profound levels of fatigue that no words could ever explain well enough, having to live with the brain fog that made it feel like my brain had completely shut down most days, or having to live with this illness that nobody could see when they looked at me. I mean, for all they knew, I could just be making it all up in my head because I don't look sick. I had already experienced the grief of my parents divorcing and of my dad starting a new family, which diminished the priority of me and my siblings in his life. So to then have to grieve the loss of my health and the normalcy of my life, all at the ripe age of 16, this felt pretty devastating to me. There remained a never-ending list of questions in my head that I just wanted to understand. What he was doing remained a complete mystery to me, and it was deeply frustrating, but I still knew deep down that he was my only hope of getting through it. 
and quite frankly, I was too exhausted to push him aside and try to get through it all on my own strength and energy anyways. So I kept going to him in the midst of it all. And though of course what I really wanted him to do was just change the whole situation and circumstance, healing my body completely, he instead lifted my head and gave me the strength to endure it all day by day. And now, about four years later, I'm still living with the same illness and also a couple more conditions that I've been diagnosed with since then, but I've never been more healthy, strong, or full of life than I am now. I have energy to actually enjoy my days and to do the things that I love, and I have such a great community around me through Calvary and elsewhere, and my future feels hopeful to me again. I feel a joy in living again. So God's plans for my life may have looked far different from what I wanted, but I know Jeremiah 29:11 says that he has plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. And he has been completely faithful to fulfill that promise to me. So I'm here to be baptized today as an act of surrender to Jesus and to all of his ways and to all of his plans for me. Whether he heals me tomorrow or I live with these illnesses for the rest of my life here on earth, I know that just having him by my side as I go through each day will be all that I need. Jesus will forever be worth it all. Leah, have you placed your faith and trust in Jesus Christ with the forgiveness of your sins? Yes. And do you renounce Satan, this world, and your own evil desires and commit to follow Christ and Christ alone? Yes. Because of your testimony of faith, it's my privilege to baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, buried with him in likeness of his death, raised to new life, and All right, our last person to come down is Rosalind Perkins. Rosalind Iona Perkins, the proud daughter of Johnny Sr. and Musetta Perkins, raised at, as a child in St. Luke Amy Zion Church, with Christ being the head of my life. Mama became a single parent when God called Daddy to heaven from having a coronary at around the age of 38 when I was nine years old. I have four siblings, Johnny Jr., who's in heaven now, my sister Johnetta, who I'm so thankful has forgiven me and I thank her, and um, my brother Jeffrey, who is in heaven now, and my sister Sandra, who is in Maryland. I'm the baby. <laughs> she has always instilled in us to trust and believe in God, to practice living the word. Yet I, as I grew up older, I went astray and began using drugs. And through the consequences of my behavior, I landed in jail 
And then I went to prison, not just once or twice, but two or three times. The last time I entered jail was in 2013. And I asked God to walk with me. But I didn't know that he had already walked with me and never failed me. That's when this verse came to mind that says, Fear not, for I am always with you. I will never leave nor forsake you. It was then that I prayed to God for a sale alone to talk to him and ask for forgiveness for my sins. And in his own way, he forgave me. I knew it to be true. I can't see. I remember while I was in jail, I prayed to God asking him to keep all negative people out of my life. And that's when he began to place positive people in it. A group of Christian, various Christian ladies came to the county jail and I chose to go to their group's meetings. One lady was Stacy Armbrester, another was Mary Zandy and others. But Stacy, who heard me say that I could never forgive myself for all the pain that I had caused my mother and family, stated to me, rise, how can you not forgive yourself when Jesus sent God to the cross to die for your sins? Do you think you're better than him? It was at that time when Stacy said that to me, all I could do was cry and thank the Lord for giving me understanding and breaking my chains of shame and guilt. There's a song with the words, he's always on time, and yes he is. He sure is, and I know this to be true. I believe this, and I'm so thankful. God has walked with me through the bright days and the bad. He's never left me. How could I not serve him and continue to praise him for his grace and mercy? Another song says, your grace and mercy brought me through. I'm living this moment because of you, Lord. And I want to thank you and praise your name. Your grace and mercy brought me through. Thank you for saving a sinner like me to tell the world salvation is free. Before I share, before I close, I'd like to say, I want to always share that one of the greatest blessings in my life is that my, our mother is still alive at 96 years old. To see the, see the work that God has done and continues to do in me. I am so thankful for her prayers to God during my most troublesome times that, she, that God heard her. That's, that's my prayer. And I wrote this song, prayer to God. It's short. It says, Lord, I am so thankful for your faithfulness and that I can put my trust in you without worry. I am thankful for your allowing me to receive your love. I would not be, I would be nothing without you. Thank you. Rosalind, have you placed your faith and trust in Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins? Yes. Do you renounce Satan, this world, and your own evil desires and commit to follow Christ and Christ alone? Yes. 
Because of your testimony of faith, my sister, it's my privilege to baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, buried with him in the likeness of his death. Next, we have Jason Helm to tell his story. Good morning. My journey to Christ was not a long one, but it was a bumpy one. I grew up in a Christian home with two great parents as examples. They taught me how to be kind, loving, patient, generous, and many other things that I can reflect and learn upon now. In my high school years, I hung out with the wrong crowds and got caught up in making some poor decisions that led to great consequences. In these years and into my college years is when I felt most distant from God. I didn't have a strong desire to build a relationship with him. I was more focused on worldly idols. There always seemed to be a void, an emptiness that I wanted to fill to feel whole. It was as if my glass was half empty and was draining by the day. I went through trials of pornography, throwing myself into work, different hobbies, maybe a person in my life. In the summer of 2020, I found myself more lost. We were in the thick of COVID and change was happening at work. It was tough, but more, but through it, I found I was longing for a relationship with the Lord and wanting to deepen my faith. That fall, I, asked, I was asked to be youth group leader for the high school ministry. I was shocked and wondered why me. I was growing in my faith and still falling victim to sin, but this was the turning point in my story. Work consumed a lot of my time and I was only able to be a leader for a year but what a blessing that year was. I learned more from the young men in our group than I feel I could have ever taught them. It was also at that time that I started a Bible study with my brother. As we got a few weeks in, it all became more clear to me. What was missing in my life was a relationship with God. I knew him, but I did not have a relationship with him. I was selfish and had continued to ignore our relationship, thinking I could find comfort and joy in this broken world and its evil doings. I learned that nothing in this world satisfies like the Lord does. I'm not sure where my path leads next, but I trust in the Lord and I'm excited to see where he leads me. Not everything is perfect, nor am I, but I can find joy when I draw upon the Lord. The Lord has been calling me to baptism for far too long. I'm here today to obey his command. My glass isn't half empty or half full, but it's overflowing with the love of Jesus Christ. I would like to end with a passage from Philippians chapter 3, verses 12 through 14. Not that I have already obtained all this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward to win the goal, to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Jason, have you placed your faith and trust in Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins? Yes. Do you renounce Satan in this world and your own evil desires and commit to follow Christ and Christ alone? Yes. Because of your testimony of faith, my brother, it's my privilege to baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Bury with him in the likeness of his death. Raise new life in him. So I'm going to invite Carl Kleinstra down and share his story.
Good morning, Calvary. In the summer of 2001, I was 38 years old, married to Julie, and blessed with our three children, all under six years old. While I knew of and had accepted Jesus as my Savior, I really didn't know Jesus, nor had I done more than go through the motions of being a Christian. While most who knew me or met me at that time would likely consider me a good person, the truth was I harbored many sins with little repentance in sight. Self-righteousness, bitterness, and lust were just some of the behaviors getting in the way of who God intended me to be. Most of my life to that point had been pretty easy and I couldn't imagine that anything needed to change. However, in God's perfect way and with his perfect love, he was going to allow a pathway to significant change in my life. Following my yearly physical in July of 2001, I got the phone call from my internist that nobody wants to get. Your blood work came back and your white count is 20 times normal. Only one thing causes that, leukemia. I started six months of chemotherapy the next Monday. My first concern as a young husband and father was how could I take care of my kids? In those first days, the Holy Spirit very clearly spoke to me and let me know that regardless of my earthly outcome, my kids would be okay. After the initial six months of chemotherapy, I relapsed within one year and it soon became apparent that my disease was aggressive. I was, if I was going to see my young kids grow up, we would have to start finding innovative ways to treat the situation. In 2001, I underwent a successful stem cell transplant with one of my brothers as the donor. During that year, God worked through countless people to support my family and I, financially and in so many other ways. This proud, self-sufficient Dutch engineer was humbled and forced to rely on God's providence day by day. Six years post-transplant, my team told me that I was cured, but a deep valley soon followed when less than one year later I relapsed again. After a clinical trial that seemed to be working but didn't, I was told I was experiencing a more aggressive form of leukemia. God soon opened another door. I spent two months in the summer of 2016 in Seattle undergoing a procedure called CAR-T. Fast forward to today. The CAR-T cell therapy has kept the disease from returning and infusions every five weeks bolster my immune system. I've been around to watch all of my three kids grow into adulthood, the marriage of my oldest daughter, and the birth of our first grandchild in May. Most important, Most important, however, is the healing that God worked on my heart through this journey. I'm here this morning to profess that God loved me enough to allow this refining, the thousands of needles, the darkest of nights, to show me his infinite love for me, and that there was a better way than the earthly way I was headed down, that I could truly rely on his peace in all circumstances. Is everything now perfect? Not even close but I better understand who my Savior is, that I need him every day, and I want to try to glorify him in whatever I do day by day until I meet him again face to face. Thank you, Julie, for standing by me through the storms, and thank you, Jesus. Carl, have you placed your faith and trust in Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins? I have. 
Do you renounce Satan, this world, and your own evil desires? I do. You commit to follow Christ and Christ alone? I do. Well, my brother, because of your testimony of faith, it's my privilege to baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Buried with him in likeness of his death. Raised to new life in him. Next, we have Carl's wife, Julie. Good morning. Thank you for allowing me to testify. Um, I don't have quite the same lightning bolt moments that my husband did, but I was on the back of the caboose, so. I was blessed to be raised in a family where faith was important and lived out on a daily basis. For this, I'm extremely thankful. We were regular in our church attendance. Sunday school, choir, and youth events were all things I participated in and looked forward to. I was baptized as an infant. Between family, pastors, teachers, and mentors, I grew up with a strong faith and felt very confident of my salvation and of my Savior. This confidence probably reached its peak as I was in middle school and going through the process of um, confirmation and catechism classes in our Lutheran church, requiring to memorize verses, creeds, and prayers that were already all familiar to me was a breeze. It was fun, and I was confident, but confidence is where Satan started creeping in. As I went through high school, my confidence in my knowledge of my faith replaced my desire to learn and grow closer to God. From confidence grew pride, from pride, laxity, and laziness. Going through high school and some difficult transitions in moving, I started to quietly question my religion and the rules I had lived by. I became rebellious. I still knew all the right answers, but I wasn't living by them. Even at my Christian-based college, I strayed far from the parameters of faith I had grown up with. I was still confident in my salvation, but I was extremely arrogant in my behavior. The problem was that I knew a lot about God. What was missing was knowing God. I thought because I had all the right biblical truths stacked away, had a very strong sense of right and wrong Christian thinking, that I was all good, all set, and didn't need anything else, but I could not have been more wrong. Almost a decade into my marriage to the wonderful man you just met and being blessed with three gorgeous, healthy children, God brought my independent streak to an immediate halt with what seemed like an impossible diagnosis for my husband. I was still very confident in in what we were going through, but I was also very, very angry. I had followed all the rules. I had led choir. I was on committees. I taught Sunday school. I had God stored in my heart. Why was this happening? Thankfully, at the peak of my stubbornness and anger, the Holy Spirit met me in an extremely tangible way and reminded me that even though I had not relied on him as I should, he was still there for me, and I was still very much his heavenly daughter loved and cared for. Since then, I have sought to put the relationship to the knowledge that I have stored. Knowledge about God in and of itself is never a bad thing, but lacking a relationship with him makes it pointless. I know if I make my relationship with Jesus Christ the most important thing, everything else will fall into place. My verse for the morning is 1 Corinthians 13, 1 and 2. 
If I speak in the tongues of men or angels, but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a a (laughs) clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. Julie, have you placed your faith and trust in Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins? Yes, sir. Do you renounce Satan, this world, and your own evil desires and commit to follow Christ and Christ alone? Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Because of your testimony of faith, my sister, it's my privilege to baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Buried with him in the likeness of his death, raised to new life in him. Next, we have Lynn Heisinga to tell his story. Good morning. My name is Lynn Heisinga. I grew up in a Christian home and knew Jesus at a very young age. I made profession of faith, choosing Jesus as Savior and Lord of my life at age 16. I was blessed with Christian parents who taught me the love and fear of Jesus. I attended Sunday school, Christian grade, middle, and high school. Blessed with a godly wife, loving and beautiful. Thank you, Linda, for all you do. I was baptized as an infant and have, and have thought about adult baptism many times since. In Jim's message, Jesus was baptized. But what about me? Prayer has been important to me, but more important is I have aged for wisdom and Jesus' direction. This year I prayed, Lord, help me see your timing or a sign to retire from my profession. I received an answer to that prayer when I received a sign June 18, 2023, when an urgent emergency room visit revealed a brain tumor from lung cancer. Fear and excuses always got in the way of baptism. Fear is a liar. So today I want to be obedient. So here I am, years later, wanting to say and demonstrate that Jesus is my Lord in baptism. I know in the power of his name he can heal me and bless me with more time on this earth to do his work. Remember, King Hezekiah received 15 more years to finish his work. Two scriptures have meant a lot to me with my walk with Jesus. Psalm 23, 1 and 3. The Lord is my shepherd. I have what I need. He renews my life. He leads me along the right paths for his name's sake. And in Joshua 1, 9. Haven't I commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Lynn, have you placed your faith and trust in Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins? Yes, I have. Do you renounce Satan, this world, and your own evil desires and commit to follow Christ in Christ alone? Yes, I have. It's because of your testimony of faith, my brother. It's my privilege to baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Buried with him in the likeness of his death. Raised to new life in him. Yeah. Finally, we have Hannah Loroff to share her story. Thank 
Hello, my name is Hannah Loaf. At 11 months old, I was adopted by a Christian family. At six years old, I asked Jesus into my heart by the toaster oven. Then I went about the next several years with nothing really changing. It was not until the age of 12, 2016, when I was watching a sermon where Mr. Jim Samuel was talking about sin and I felt I was meant to hear the service. The reason why is because from the ages of 10 to 12, <clears throat> I struggled with sexual immorality that I had shamefully given into so many times. During those years, my wise dad took me out to McDonald's so many times to talk through my actions and read scripture over me when I was crying uncontrollably. After watching the sermon, I had a great revelation <clears throat> about what my sin was, how I did not have to control what I did or who I was, and realized that I should take my faith more seriously. I started paying more attention during the services by taking notes, praying, and reading my Bible more, and started taking communion sometime after. Though I did not want to go to college for my future career, I trusted in God's plan for me. At the beginning of May this year, I went on a retreat for a college Bible study. There, a leader shared her testimony about her struggle and shame with pornography and how she learned to be accountable. At the retreat, I admitted my common sin to her, and she prayed over me and gave me a couple books to read. Coming back from the retreat, I no longer felt the shame and fear of judgment. Since the retreat, I have told multiple people my struggle with sexual immorality and have found a couple of friends to help, me keep, help keep me accountable. If I did not feel led to go to Wayne State, my college, I would have never gone to the retreat and gotten the courage to confess my sins to others. Even though I am still tempted, God has focused me on better things and has slowly allowed me to open up to people about what I have gone through. When I focus and dwindle on those times feeling terribly guilty and shameful all over again, I try to remember Isaiah 43, 18 to 19. Forget the former things, do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up, up, up. do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. Anna, have you placed your faith and trust in Jesus Christ with forgiveness of your sins? Yes. Do you renounce Satan, this world, and your own evil desires and commit to follow Christ and Christ alone? Yes. Because of your testimony of faith, my sister, it's my privilege to baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, buried with him in the likeness of his death, raised to new life in him. Praise God. The, the joy of the Lord is our strength, Nehemiah says. And that is so true after these stories and these testimonies. And I just ask you to praise God with me. And we're going to pray right now and just ask God to glorify uh, this time in this service. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your blessings. God, we thank you for each of these stories, God, each of these individuals who have come to you, Lord. Um, God, because you called them to you. God, because you have saved them, you've rescued them, Lord. You're in the presence uh, in, right now, Lord, in the middle of um, healing them and growing them, uh, Lord, and shaping them and molding them. Lord, thank you for their stories, and thank you, God, for uh, the ways in which you continue to um, heal us and grow us and shape us. Thank you for these testimonies, and thank you, Lord, for baptism. Uh, Lord, we pray that you would be with each individual and you be with each of us, God, who have heard them. 
Uh, be with us in this service as we continue to worship, as we continue to sing, as we hear your word preached. Uh, Lord, be glorified in this place. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.